Hey, hey, hey. What's up, everybody? What's up? We're back. (laughs) (laughs) Back for more. Back for more. Yes. We are coming at you with some very new and exciting things. But before we get to that, I'm Brian. <laughs> I am Tammy. <laughs> in case you guys don't know, um, what have you been up to in these last couple of weeks, Brian? Wow, that is Catching such up. an interesting question. Um, <laughs> frantically running around, um, uh, on and off tears of panic, uh, <laughs> just slowly melting into. Um, a wonderful pool of grace and beauty. So life, uh, basically. So no, the election's <laughs> tomorrow. So that's what's going on. Hey, ah. what's going on? Yeah, the election's tomorrow. By the time y'all hear this, we'll have a new, we'll have a president elect. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see. One how way that or goes. another, we are on our way somewhere. Yes. <laughs> um, and you know. I just need to get through this. I just need this to be over with so that I can just close the door on this mm-hmm. part of this nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like just this part. Right. And so after this, we can open the next chapter. Right. You know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but for right now, I just need this. I just need this to be over. So, but you know, if as you'll learn in our last episode that may not be happening for quite a while so yes everyone buckle your seatbelts. <laughs> but otherwise i've been doing great um we just had a halloween co- uh not costume um concert oh, for my yeah. students which was really that. cute yeah. oh man it was so fun I gotta watch that yeah you have to i'm taking it down next weekend so um but it's really cute. They did so good. I was so proud of all the little ones. I can't wait so to cute. see it. It's yes, we're doing cute. another one for Christmas, too. I'm excited. Look at you. Yeah, we're on a roll now. We're going now, girl. <laughs> <laughs> what about wow. you? What have you been up to? Well, I think you know the biggest thing. Um, <laughs> Do I? Oh, is, um, your no, girl please. is engaged now. <laughs> An engaged woman. Golf clamp. Like, what is that? How? Oh my goodness. Um, girl, would you tell you about how you picked out the ring? I, <laughs> I did. I did. Um, yeah, I'm not one of those people that like wants to be surprised and like, no, I want this exact ring right here. Yeah. This exact diamond. And you found the perfect balance of planning and surprise. Exactly. Exactly. Because I didn't know he was going to propose. No, you didn't know anything about that part. And you you definitely knew exactly what was going to happen when you got there. I knew what the ring was going to look like (laughs) once I put it on my finger. Exactly. Only good surprises. Thank you for everything you did to help set this up for me. Um, I had no idea you were that involved. So yeah, I um, need something to take my mind off of everything else. So <laughs> I get really involved in off projects. I mean, no, I but should, I mean, I should have yeah. known though. I should have known because when we got our nails done, you were like, "Oh." get what you want yeah it doesn't matter yeah i got I was it super i, I was, was just like, like yeah girl mm-mm. what you want to add stuff 
please feel why free is she so you... loosey goosey with her money it's right your now? money so you know <laughs> it was your money so feel free yes. to spend what you want <laughs> girl you got it <laughs> Yes, he gave Brian the money to get my nails done. So that was very mm-hmm. nice. Very yes. kind. And my nails done too. Oh, he paid for your nails too? Yeah, girl. He paid for my nails too. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had to give me some incentives in there. No, I'm just kidding. But he, he offered. He's fancy. He's right? fancy. Okay. He is a very good person. And I'm glad that you are engaged finally, officially. <laughs> <laughs> I, know I know it feels like that's that's part of of the weight off of your shoulders yes. i think now yes like, it's okay. finally behind us and finally in full-on wedding mode yes yes i'm excited it, it's gonna be exciting um yes. and our wedding is planned for next november so you know stay tuned <laughs> for updates yeah stay tuned <laughs> But enough about us. So you guys might be wondering what is coming up. Well, I will tell you, we are going to be doing a black business series. And basically for our last four episodes that we'll be recording this year, um, we are going to be interviewing different black entrepreneurs um, around the area And not only are we going to be interviewing them about, you know, their careers and the things that they do, but we're also going to be focusing in on important conversations in the black community. Um, And we're excited, very excited. Um, This is something big that me and Brian had talked about. And um, of course, we want to shine a light on our people and the things that they're doing. Um, This is something that's very close to us. You yeah. know, that's uh, a lot about this and yeah. like how black business and black economy is really the best mm-hmm. way to start getting a leg up on the stuff that we want to change in our communities. So mm-hmm. we're both black in case y'all didn't know. So oh, I'm black. <laughs> so we're excited about this and we <laughs> definitely want you guys to tune in. We got a lot of great conversations coming up. Um yeah. And that starts today. So, Brian, do you want to introduce the first guest? Well, yes, I would love to introduce our first guest. <laughs> She's uh, a really, really amazing guest, but not a first-time guest. She's been with us yeah. before, so some of you may recognize her prowess. <laughs> um, and you often enjoy her work as you listen to this podcast, as I am her daughter. Welcome, my mother, (laughs) Ms. Sophia Flott Warner. Hello. Global Associate Director of Training Solutions at Creator Up. An actor of the highest esteem (laughs) the Hollywood scene. And ETC, what are the et cetera, freelancer of all types of things <laughs> and still mothers me often that's, that's a freelance job right there so <laughs> let me just read the whole resume right here boom lay it out mom hello how are you hello Happy thank daughters. you for coming 
I'm doing great. I am doing great. Great. Glad <laughs> to be here. Thank you for inviting me again. Oh, we're just so we're so chuffed to have you. <laughs> You're just too much. <laughs> and Tammy, would you mind introducing our second amazing guest this afternoon? Well, so you guys may have heard him. You may have seen him. He is an author, a freelancer, and an aspiring book-selling entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And he just happens to be my brother. So yes, I know someone famous. <laughs> His name is Marcel Wormsley. <laughs> Marcel, how are you doing? Wonderful. Thanks for the glowing introduction. <laughs> <laughs> that really uh, boosted my ego. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We got the highest of the high on our episode today. So, well, we're know. so glad to have you guys with us. Yes. Thank you guys for coming on. So real quick, I just want to ask you a couple of questions about your personal journey. Um, Mom, let's start with you. So tell us um, about your your journey as a business person and I know you you do so many things like you have so many different talents and you really take advantage of them. So what what is it that kind of drives those passions? Money. <laughs> <laughs> valid. Valid. <laughs> Interview I, over. That's all we need. It's it's actually I have this this creative thing in me. God put this creativity in me and he's given me all these different ways to use it. And I just have to get it out. Writing and acting and voiceovers and poetry and scripts and you know, audio books and you know, whatever else, you know, he gives me to do. That's what what drives me is is just having to get it out there, but also wanting to be an example for for you, honey, and oh. my babies. Well, you are that for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think Tammy can attest to that as well. She always tells me like, oh, yeah, I always look up to her story and blah, 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 blah. She's always told me that stuff. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I <laughs> I don't even think that your mom knew how closely I was watching her journey. <laughs> and I was like, this lady really just picked up and moved across the country and was like, sayonara, I'm going to go chase my dreams. Like that is the yeah. most inspirational thing ever. Right. So exactly. Yes. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you balance, like I said, so many multiple businesses on your own. Plus, you know, as a black woman working globally in a corporate environment. So how do you kind of maintain that balance? I have to do a lot of praying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the full-time job that I have at Creator Up as the uh, global associate director of Tarantations <laughs> <laughs> uh, is quite a... Quite a task, man. I mean, uh, you know, the project we just did for Twitter was 84 workshops in wow. three months. Oof. Oof. Yeah. And uh, so 
I really do. I, I really do pray a lot and I really do count on God uh, and the Holy Spirit to just talk me through these things and to talk me down when I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm up to here, you know, <laughs> frustrated dealing with difficult clients or, you know, uh, short timelines or, you know, all of that. And then the key thing for me is I'm still working on the balance of trying to do my own creative stuff and still work at Creator Up. That has become a challenge for me. Yeah. Um, that I, I had to take a vacation and just kind of, you know, clear my head to, to work that out. And, you know, yeah, I think I figured out some ways to just make it happen. Um, when I first moved here, my, my motto was I'll sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> and so I'm going to have to go back to that. Yeah. <laughs> if I want to, you know, really begin to pursue my acting career again and, and all the other creative avenues. So mm-hmm. it's uh Balance, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a lot of prayer and thought and yeah, and uh, time management. And, yeah, you know what, and that that's such an important part of it as well. Time management and also finding that time to kind of pray and meditate and just kind of lay all of the thoughts out in a way that's calming and not overwhelming. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so what are some of your most like recent projects, either acting or personal or new businesses that you started or anything? What do you want people to check out? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, the the biggest thing that I'm working on right now is my screenplay for a feature film called True North. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a faith-based love story. Uh, and uh, I'm entering it into festivals. Uh, winning awards and uh, And most importantly, God's kind of changing it up on me. And someone told me this years ago and I just kind of like, but he's been saying to me production company lately. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) that's a project. But that's, you know, his plan is a lot bigger than mine. And then he told me today, well, if you have your own production company, you can act pretty much as much as you yeah. want to. Yeah. Look at Tyler Perry, okay? Exactly. <laughs> I almost said some ugly. You would have to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. The, uh, the, Getting the uh, thoughts together behind wrapping my head around the production company, faith-based mm-hmm. production company. The need is for content that's realistic, right? We don't need another Jesus movie. Mm-hmm. We just don't. That's not what people need. They need to see how to live a life by faith, mm-hmm. what that really looks like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, what do you do when you make that wrong decision? What do you do when you walk right into the sin and, and you know, don't look back? How do yeah. you recover from that with the word, right? How do you let God heal you from that? Or, you know, how do you receive forgiveness for that? Because, mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of ins and outs of that, right? So these, these, that's the kind of stories that I'm going to tell. That's what the feature film is, uh, True North, um, is that kind of thing. And I want that to roll into uh, a series, a TV series. Okay. Um, 
So that, and then right before the whole COVID thing, I booked a role Ooh. in a, uh, a short film, um, and it's Louisiana-based, which is right up my There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Going back home. My, yeah, right at home. They wanted my Creole accent. So, yeah. they, <laughs> so they'll probably start, she said, uh, in January filming that. Awesome. So I'm pretty excited. Oh my That's very cool. That's so yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, oh that's God. awesome. I can't believe okay. I know an actress. That's crazy. I know, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, celebrity interviews. Right? Yes, we are professional yeah. journalists <laughs> journalizing right now. Journalist. Let's speak now with our uh, famous author uh, interviewee here, <laughs> Mr. Soon to be Sir Sir Marcel Warnsley of <laughs> Worthier Worth Shire. What really? <laughs> you, tried, you made that up. Okay. Um. Okay. So moving on to my wonderful brother. Um. So Marcel, I got a few questions for you. Um. Yeah. So your career and your aspirations surround a common theme: books and writing. So where does this passion stem from? Well, um, you know, I always had a knack for English and the written word and the spoken word. Well, Mm -hmm. since I was about maybe maybe 11 or 12, Mm -hmm. I realized that I, I had a strong sort of inclination to read books and to to uh, imagine myself, create my own little world, you know, mm-hmm. you know on whatever I read or whatever, whatever I could imagine uh, at the time. And I remember just kind of, you know, pacing around my room, you know, day in and day out. Uh, I always say I didn't have imaginary friends. I had an imaginary community. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I would act out all the characters and, you know, create the scenery and everything. Everything was just in my head, and I needed a way to sort of express it. Yeah. And uh, I did that through just, you know, pacing around and also writing it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I wrote my first story when I was uh, actually a little bit before, then when I was about nine. It was... Um, there was a call for uh, books uh, in the at the, my school, Will Rogers, and um, you know different classes submitted different things, and it was it's it kind of like a contest, you know, and who could you know produce a book, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I produced a uh, a short illustrated book called The Alien, and it actually won in my division. Uh, I think I was in fourth grade at the time, and so they uh, bounded and laminated it and, and really produced a nice work. Awesome. Uh, and uh, so it was all authored and illustrated by myself, and they put it uh, in the library for everybody to check out. Mom so, tells that story that often. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I just kept on writing and journaling and 
so that's kind of where the passion came from. Those were kind of the beginning uh, stages of my writing passion. I will say that I don't think you know this either, but you did kind of set the bar for me because I didn't really know that writing could be a career of any sort until you started like talking more about it. And like, you know, me and you would always have conversations about it. And I was like, what? I can write and get paid. (laughs) What is that? Um, So yeah, you, you definitely had an effect on me, which is why I write today. So Awesome. Yeah. In case you didn't know, you definitely had an effect on your little sister. (laughs) Um, Okay. So moving forward, fast forwarding, you are now a published author. Congrats. Um, So tell us about the poetry book that you wrote and about its re-release last year. So I self-published a book of poems called In Search of Moonlit Crevices. Mm Mm-hmm. 2016. Mm-hmm. And um, it was picked up by Galveston based Dawnbreaker Press mm-hmm. um, and re released in 2019, mm-hmm. August of 2019. Mm-hmm. And uh, the new release has the beautiful cover art by local artists, um, Glassell School of Art trained uh, by Museum of Natural. Uh, natural, not natural, but Museum of Fine Arts, mm-hmm. and uh, some internal illustrations by local artists as well, both of whom are dear friends of mine. The uh, the owner of the publishing company is uh, a friend of mine as well, Chandler Barton, and he approached me uh, shortly after I published, I self-published my work and just asked me about the process and I guess he was in the stage of sort of learning about the publishing process uh, and how I, you know, got my book from an idea to a finished product. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, he started a publishing company. <laughs> You're just inspiring people everywhere, Marcel. Right. <laughs> yeah, with Leach, it's such a drastic move on his part. So that was pretty- it's pretty interesting. And so he uh, he invited me to be one of the founding authors um, in uh, Don, for Don Brecher Press. And so, um, so yeah, that's how that process works. So it's truly a labor of love uh, amongst the three of us. And it's a very locally uh, originated and produced and curated work. So it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely proud of the outcome and the process as well. We worked very hard uh, editing and uh, collaboration and things like that. So, awesome. That's so cool. That's very cool. Right? Yeah, it is. I love how you just like didn't wait for anyone. You was like, you yeah. know what? I'm going to publish this book and that's that. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So word on the street is that you're currently working towards owning your own bookstore and potentially a full cafe um, or live music joint. So where did this idea come from and how do you hope to inspire others with this business venture? Yeah, so, um, you know, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, 
you know, since I sort of realized that I had a talent and, you know, I could, you know, mom always said, hey, you know, the way you become successful, you utilize your talents, your capabilities, mm-hmm. you know, uh, your aptitude to, uh, you know, really create a, uh, a change in the world and an awakening that people will want to invest in. Mm-hmm. So that's, that I always had that, always had that dream, that urge to, but I didn't know what it would look like back then. Right. Um, right. Now I've worked, you know, sort of in the periphery of the publishing industry in the past. I worked in distribution, book and magazine distribution, warehousing, uh, merchandising, things like that. And um, so I got to see bits and pieces of the process along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I studied philosophy in college and, you know, was, um, you know, and tried a number of different career options after that. But what stuck with me was writing. And I needed to find a way to uh, materialize my dream uh, in a way that you were consistent with, consistent with my talents and abilities, mm-hmm. you know. And so, uh, so it wasn't until I got published, um, I got picked up by Don Breaker Press, and I said, hey, you know what? Why not put all of my efforts into creating a space where community can come together and enjoy spoken word poetry? Uh, I, my dream is to, to uh, have a space where spoken word can be you know, people can be entertained by spoken word and also a small chamber music concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I wanted to basically put all of my efforts into creating a community that could be lasting and that could be uh, where people could come together and network and support each other's efforts and the art and uh, really be a shining light in the community. Yeah, I, I want people to feel supported and feel, uh, you know, like they're a part of, you know, a, an ongoing, vibrant, diverse movement, mm-hmm. uh, you know, towards creative expression. Right. Yeah, so that's where this, this vision came from. And, you know, I'm, you know, at the beginning stages of having it materialized. That's all, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, that's like, I just feel like, you know, like being part of something bigger than yourself, like mm-hmm. type of thing, you know? Yeah, that's definitely a place where a, a community can actually grow. Right. Yeah, right. I love that kind of stuff. That's awesome. awesome. Thanks. And, you know, Go ahead. Uh, well, I, I read a few articles on, um, you know, independent bookstores. That's what it will be, mm-hmm. an independent bookstore. <laughs> that also functions as um, uh, a creative arts venue. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the key to a lot of these bookstores having survived the pandemic and, and other ups and downs in the economy is that they were spaces for community. Mm-hmm. They weren't out there to sell books. Unlike a lot of the big chain bookstores, which many of them have closed down, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially over the last several months, 
they they weren't they they did not have that um that that vibe of connectivity yeah. and, um you know in 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 unity of um the art and so um <laughs> i agree it wasn't a pl- they weren't places that the community could really invest their time in mm-hmm. for sure buy a book maybe do a little reading and then you go yeah right but i want people to read and stay and mm-hmm. and debate and have meetups and connect and network and enjoy the arts and entertain be entertained that's my vision of a, a, a real cool independent bookstore you know i love that let me tell you guys, we're watching him while he's talking, and he is smiling from ear to ear. So he is <laughs> passionate yeah. about this, and I love it. Yeah, <laughs> love it, love it, love it. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that, Marcel. This is awesome. We got two very entrepreneurial, business-minded people in our yeah. presence. We you know. Do. So let to learn, right? <laughs> I'll be hitting you guys up for notes after this. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So today, I mean, I guess we'll just talk a little bit about the theme today. We wanted to talk and kind of kick this off talking about um, relationships in business and how to maintain business relationships, familiar relationships doing it as a black person working in these not always totally black spaces and (laughs) just, you know, learning how to develop and maintain relationships um, within the black community, helping other black entrepreneurs, like anything you can tell them to help them build more relationships or kind of break down those walls that they might see building up around them. So we just basically wanted to crack the surface on this one because like I think both of you talked about a little bit, networking is such a huge part of being a business owner that, you know, if you don't have anyone to network with or you don't really know what that means or how to do it, or especially now, you know, where there's no mixers anymore, right? Yep. We're not having any <laughs> corporate mixers so and, you know, mm-hmm. black business group stuff going on right now. So just kind of finding new ways you know in this new age to Mm -hmm. to build those relationships and maintain them um it's kind of where we wanted to go with this with this theme um so tammy you want to kick us off with our first question to discuss sure so first question um how do you develop and maintain relationships that are essential for what you do so in other words how do you network? And Marcel, you can go ahead and go first. Well, a lot of the uh, networking that I had done um, within the publishing arena had been by accident, really. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was already friends with Chandler, um, the uh, editor-in-chief of Dawnbreaker Press. Um, you know, before he even had the, you know, the vision or the wherewithal to establish the publishing company. Uh, so it just happened that, uh, you know, I had published while we were connected. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was uh, a part of a book, like a, like a little book club slash discussion group mm-hmm. um, at a friend of mine's house. 
and I happened to meet the two ladies that would be my illustrators um, at the book club. And so we connected and I told them about my my uh, my book and they were really, really interested and they just, I think the key though with establishing a proper network uh, is really being open about, you know, what your talents are and what your vision is. Mm -hmm. Because people can be immediately inspired uh, by that and, and move to contribute to your dreams and mm -hmm. your vision uh, using their own talent. And so, uh, so that is, I guess that's kind of been the driver in an otherwise uh, accidental series of events. <laughs> um, but I will say uh, the importance of networking uh, for business is essential. It's, it's almost like, I call it creative networking. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's similar to you know, if you listen to uh, MLK's I Have a Dream speech, he mentioned the idea of creative suffering, right? Which is essentially intentional suffering for the sake of exposing injustice. Mm -hmm. So think uh, sit-ins, mm -hmm. you know, fast protests, things like that, where you, you know, you don't really actively do anything, but you are still creating the uh the conditions where to where people will see what has gone wrong mm -hmm. and what needs to be fixed what needs to be addressed and will act really. on it right. exactly exactly and so that inspires action um and so i look at creative networking like creative suffering you're intentionally sort of reaching out to people right um and creating uh, spaces and opportunities for collaboration to create conditions where social networks can thrive, where these networks can thrive. Mm -hmm. you know? And so, uh, so I kind of liken the two together. You know, uh, we're we're all about growing, creating networks, growing networks, and maintaining them. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, that's kind of how I look at the whole idea of. Uh, of networking. I, I look at it in terms of just creating uh, and also hooking yourself up with uh, short-term, medium-term, and long-term um, vision. Mm -hmm. Individuals, communities, institutions that will help support those visions at each turn. That's mm -hmm. a good point. That is a good you point. Know, I, I hook myself up with short-term, you know, people, individuals, communities, and that sort of builds a bridge to medium-term uh, connection, mm -hmm. which in turn builds another bridge to long-term connection. Right. And the question I ask myself for these connections, for each of these connections is, you know, I don't just hook up with them and leave them. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I use them to further my vision but I, but first and foremost, I say, or I ask, how can I serve your vision? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How can I use my talents to serve your vision? Mm -hmm. We collaborate to advance each other. Yeah. Give and take. 
Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. that's like a huge part of networking that gets lost often. <laughs> a lot of people hand out cards, but they don't really know what that means. Mm-hmm. Like that means call me when you need services. And when I need services, I will call you back. But a lot of people, they don't really, they don't really understand what that means in, in the context of networking with other businesses in order to create that kind of community that you're talking about. I think another point you brought up that kind of got my attention was she said that a lot of your connections kind of happened on accident Mm -hmm. revolving the book and that, you know, these were people that you just kind of already knew and had met and, you know, and I, that's a really good point because even now that I'm planning this wedding, like I'm starting to view my friends differently. Like Mm -hmm. I have a friend who I've known since I was like 14 and it's just now occurring to me that she knows how to do hair. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. I might need your services. <laughs> yeah. Keep get get my number. Keep me down. Um, <laughs> but all that to say, like, pay attention to what your friends and the people you already have in your network are doing. Cause mm-hmm. um, you just never know what you guys can collaborate on. Yeah, and so. that's where it starts, right? With yeah. the people that you know. Exactly. So good point. Great points, Marcel. Yeah. Um, what about you, mom? Yes, mom. <laughs> How do you network? What do you find is the most essential for you when you're maintaining and, and developing those new networking opportunities? Mm-hmm. What I've had to do in, I'll talk about recently, in the age of COVID is Uh, And even before the age of COVID, for the entertainment industry, it's been key for me to connect with people on social media. Mm -hmm. Um, Casting directors, producers, directors, writers, I can build a relationship with them, Mm -hmm. right? I cannot like throw myself, you know, (laughs) headshots to the casting directors or the producers or directors, but I take a genuine interest in their lives or whatever Mm -hmm. it is they're posting. And they they see my name over and over again. My name is very uh, odd. Right. So they see my name. What is that? Uh, you should see the looks I get when I fly Aeroflots. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so um, social media has been key for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there are several tools for actors. One is IMDb. Um, and you can go on there and you can find anybody who's associated with anything, a show or a, a film or mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, so that's what I do. I go on there and one of my actor girlfriends, which is, you know, going back to networking, one of my actor girlfriends taught me how to use IMDb and how to find all that information. And so then I go in and and I go to Twitter and I find all these people and I connect with them on Twitter and Instagram. Mm -hmm. I don't do Facebook because Facebook is more personal for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have an acting account and I do a little bit on there. I should do more, but um most of my industry networking i do on um uh, twitter and instagram (laughs) and before that uh there were industry events right Mm -hmm. i'm a a member of sag uh, the union 
And so there are workshops and you go to those workshops and you, you sit in front of those casting directors and those producers and, you know, different people and you ask them questions and, you know, you slip them your card if you can get in or, you know, right. things like that. And then um, I had the, the huge pleasure of being on the second award nominating committee. So that afforded me the opportunity last year to go to so many amazing events. I mean, there were uh, screenings and the actual actors were there. And, you know, it was just amazing. I took a picture with Kerry yeah. Washington. Oh, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> and, uh, so all of that, all of that is super important. And Michael Ely. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that coming back because it's really, for my acting career, it's just essential to be in those kinds of places, right? Mm -hmm. um, but until then, you know, there's, you know, there are things that I can do. I can get on social media and be active there and, you know, I can send out a postcard and, you know, whatever else, you know, needs to be done. But one, one thing that Marcel mentioned, I was going to touch on as well, it's so important to, to have a, a reciprocating relationship when you're networking with people. Mm -hmm. um, moving to the other entrepreneurial endeavors that I have, when I go to these networking events, business networking events, that's exactly what I do. I'm like, hey, this is what you do? Oh, this is interesting. I do such and such that would be a compliment to that or that might be helpful. And another key thing that I do is I keep a running Rolodex in my head and I'm all when I'm listening to somebody. And that's another key part of networking. When I'm listening, I'm not listening to them to talk to them about me. Right. I'm listening to them to see, do I know somebody who could help them? Mm -hmm. Do I know somebody? And while they're talking, I'm listening and I'm like, you know what? I know so and so. And yeah. they do this and that, and I think you two should connect. So being a connector helps uh, to build your right. networking as right. well. Agree hundred percent. Yeah. I love people who want to connect. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who you got to connect with me today? Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, I like that point you mentioned about well, for one, about building relationships with casting directors and stuff like that on social media. Um, that was like one of the number one things we learned when I studied PR in college was to build relationships with journalists instead of always trying to pitch them. Mm -hmm. And so that's like one-on-one PR marketing one-on-one. And I just like that you touched on that because I think people forget that social media is social. So it's, yes, <laughs> you're right. supposed to be a human <laughs> mm -hmm. yes. on there. So yes, I, yeah, I true. love that. I love that you mentioned that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. We got another question here. Um, so, I mean, I think we actually kind of touched on this one a little bit, but we can just braze right over it again. Um, how important is relationship building to your business? Um, no matter what you do, right, you have to build up these relationships. So in particular, mom, what 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 does that mean to you to build these relationships to start, you know, your businesses? Yeah. So in the context of, of what I do for Creator Up, it is essential 
because what we do is we do workshops all over the world and we hire local instructors to teach those workshops because they know the nuances of that market right mm -hmm. and so it is it is essential that we have this network of people because if we've worked with somebody they may not be they may not be available for the next workshop but they can give me a referral to somebody mm -hmm. else so i need to build that relationship and our company's reputation helps with that right mm -hmm. and and my personal reputation mm -hmm. so if, when i work with them i have to be sure that i'm treating them well and making sure that my company is treating them well so that they'll want to work with us and they'll want to uh refer people to us mm -hmm. right and that's that's one of my my biggest things is i'm like take care of my experts you mm -hmm. know now yeah. this is the next question but i'm gonna just throw this one on top of there because i feel like it goes in really well with this one as a black entrepreneur in particular is it more difficult to build relationships in your industry for creator up it has not been um that's interesting it has not been traveling all over the world and, and having the benefit of i have met some really wonderful people and i think it it could be i think partly it's just me it's just and right. I, I don't say that in a <laughs> just me, that actually i'm just so amazing that people I'm don't even great. see color you know I, there's just something about me that no go ahead <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's that people ask me all the time about haters and you know the, the difficult people and and I'm like I don't ask the haters. Everybody loves me. I don't know. If they don't, I don't know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know this, right? I don't pay any attention to that. Yeah. So I go in and I'm professional and I'm friendly and I'm loving and I'm mm -hmm. giving. Right. And I'm helping everybody, including the client, including the the if, if we like we're we work with Twitter and we taught workshops to their client. Right. So I, I'm helping everybody wherever I can. And they see that and they feel my genuineness. Right. So it's it's so important to to as, as a black person. I haven't had any any challenges anywhere in the world that I've gone. I've always just had, and you know, honestly, that's just the spirit, the Holy Spirit. That's mm -hmm. just the favor of God and the grace of God in my life. Never had any any challenges. And I'm sure some people can. I'm sure, oh, they of course, yeah. and not not at any fault of their own. But from right. my personal experience, I have some extra extra God favors sprinkled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, what about in the acting world? Have you noticed anything there? Or? I, 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 would, I would have to say the, the only reason that I would say yes to that is that I'm not working. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. You know, but that could, that could be a number of things, right? It doesn't necessarily mean right. that it's because I'm Black, but... Yeah. Um, in my dealings with doing auditions and do, you know, of course they called me in because they liked me. Mm -hmm. So no, I haven't. And if they're not calling me in because I'm black, I don't know that. Right. right. And, I don't, and I can't think that way as yeah. an actor. 
I cannot. I would go. I would go crazy right. if I right. thought that. Oh, they didn't pick me because I'm black. Well, sure. it, it was a lobby full of black people, so. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I used to do that exact same thing when I would go on auditions. I would be sitting there, like counting the black people in the room, like, okay, there's only, okay, I'm I'm the only one that's light skinned and black. Okay, I'm the one that's I'm the only one with red hair that's light skinned and black. All right, I, they still need me for diversity reasons. I used it's so annoying to just and you're at that point you're not relying on your talent to get you through mm-hmm. whatever yeah. it is. So you're not in the room anyway. You're that's right. right. You're thinking twelve steps ahead, and you just need to be right where you are. Because if you do, you're not you're you've already lost before you even walk in. And I think mm-hmm. it's a mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, some people have have been so traumatized by experiencing racism that they've become jaded and they walk in the room with that expectation and just the slightest bit of attitude or chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. And the the first negative thing somebody says, they're like, mm, you know. Yeah. Right. Just don't even don't even do that to yourself. Don't mm-hmm. even do that to yourself. Yeah. And I, you know what? I think that goes so for so many more things than just right. acting. Right. Like, you know, that can be you. you right. As a black person in America, there's a lot of stuff you just got to brush it off. I mean, you can't go in the world. You can't. You just can't. Yeah. You just cannot go through the world like that anymore. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you just got to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. You do, and you, you get do. you'll get better feedback from yourself if you just keep yeah. that shell on and just brush that stuff off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you you don't want to give anybody that kind of power over you. Right, right. You don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Well, what about you, Marcel? Uh, as you're building up these relationships in, in publishing, and you know, starting to build up your network for for your future bookstore um, community, what have, what have you been seeing as your biggest pros and cons? I guess I would say, um, being an entrepreneur that's networking, and you know, being black as an entrepreneur that's networking, getting ready to to start uh, start in a new business. Sure. Yeah. Well. Um... You know, the pros are numerous and um, manifold. I have had the pleasure of meeting some wonderful authors and um, illustrators and spoken word poets as well, uh, in addition to musicians um, who I, you know, would be very happy to have perform at my venue once it opens. So the cons have been, or the the pros have really been centered on uh, relationship building, the value of having these relationships mm-hmm. and maintaining these relationships and really getting to know people. You know, I I often with with fellow poets, I often ask them. I say, hey, where can I buy your book or where can I find some of your work? I really want to. I'm really interested in knowing you know, uh, where your creative mindset is. And so and those, they appreciate that and they're willing to reciprocate, you know, when they see that you have a genuine interest. And so that has been kind of the biggest pros um, uh, to this whole network building. I would say the cons and kind of tying it in with being black is that there is 
you know, tendency for people to pigeonhole you. Um, you know, and so you have to, as a person, you know, for instance, as an author uh, and, a, and a bookseller, there's a risk or there's a, uh, you know, there's an eventuality really that somebody will, or that people will sort of view you as a black bookseller, you know, that is only interested in, in promoting a certain kind of uh, mm-hmm. right, you know, thing okay. like that and so um so it's it's something that you just kind of have to be aware of but uh as as y'all have said um so eloquently you know you can't let it overburden you Mm -hmm. you know you can't walk into a setting expecting to be pigeonholed so what i have tried to do in my endeavors in terms of uh you know writing and and building these relationships I try to just reach out to as many people as I can among a the largest cross section of people that I can. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so once people see that I value different perspectives uh, as a black person, um, I think it makes them much less likely to, uh, you know, to put me in a box mm-hmm. and restrict me, you know, or attempt to restrict, you know, my identity. Yeah. As a bookseller and as a poet and as a creative, uh, per, you know, creative spirits, uh, creative spirits like ourselves are very hard to box in anyway. Yes. yes. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so I think that is one thing that we have to our advantage. It's just our our way of being, our modus operandi. You know, um, you know, we are we creative spirits are always searching for new ideas and, and new techniques and, um, and perspectives to invigorate uh, our own uh, efforts, you know, and then to make them more, you know, appealing to the widest mass of people. Yeah, so th- that's kind of what I envision in terms of potential challenges, but also, and, and you know, and they these challenges can be easily turned into, you know, wonderful opportunities for education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I um, you know, I've seen that, um, I've seen both sides of the issue and, um, you know, and I, I'm ready to, to educate and to inspire wherever the card may lie. Awesome. I do want to give a shout out to our moms, because I do think that you guys did and talking to you, Ms. Warner, and my mom <laughs> out there in spirit. Um, I think you guys did a really good job at exposing us to different types of people, different environments, yeah. Um, you know, different perspectives. And so it's just kind of made me like it's 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 natural. Like I don't even feel like I'm trying necessarily. I just I just, you know resonate with so many different people black white you know male female doesn't matter Um, and i really just recently came to the realization of how important socialization like that is for how a person turns out um people i mean just seeing what's going on with the country and people just in the past few years like past decade 
just being raised in a certain media bubble is able to completely change a person's worldview. Yeah. Like, to the point where yep. you cannot convince them of anything that's outside of yes. that bubble. And it's like, that really matters. So the ability to, to see beyond what's right in front of you is not something that comes naturally to people. It's yeah. socialized in us. So it's very important. Um, <laughs> it's a very important piece of the puzzle. Yes. Yeah. So thank you guys <laughs> for, for helping us with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so kind of moving into the, the next part of the discussion. So how does being an entrepreneur affect your relationships with your family and close friends? And Marcel, I'll let you go first. Well, um, you know, my family and friends have been very supportive overall. I mean, they've seen sort of the evolution you know, they've seen me at the beginning. And so I think there's one major benefit of having family and friends close to you um, who are genuinely interested in your success. I mean, they they celebrate with you every step of the way. And they know your history. And they know where you came from. And, um, and also they help you remain genuine, you know. <laughs> you know, they keep you down to earth, you know. And, uh, and that's a, it's a wonderful... Uh, thing and so um, so I think my entrepreneurial efforts have in a sense enhanced my familial relationships and relationships with my close friends uh, because they're seeing they kind of have the benefit of seeing the next step of my vision because I, I don't share this with I mean I'm kind of going public now I guess but I you know in the beginning when I sort of concocted this vision. Uh, I was very hesitant to. He was very hesitant. <laughs> I didn't even know what was going on. He was just like, yeah. "Oh, I'm working on a project." And I was like, "Okay, vague much?" <laughs> I had to conceal. I had this project X concealed <laughs> my little laboratory for ages before I finally, and Tamla even had to press me to- I did. Uh, a little bit to, uh, you know, to, to inspire me to, or to induce me to tell her what, uh, what I was thinking about doing. And so, um, so yeah, you know, um, I, I think that's a, a really family and close friends and, and close networks are essential to giving you that, uh, initial support and initial uh, encouragement to get the vision off the ground mm -hmm. and um, you know and, and to support you at every stage and and um, you know them knowing your history and, and all that kind of thing is is, um, is very valuable very valuable to me I agree there'll be sometimes where I'll be like Marcel what you doing are you working on that bookstore <laughs> Absolutely. Hop to it. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> right. So, Miss Warner, what um, are your thoughts on this? So, how does being an entrepreneur affect your relationships with your family and close friends? Uh, everybody has to start a business. <laughs> Brielle can attest to that. Everything she mentioned to me 
I come back to her with, well, uh, have you thought about a summer camp, baby? <laughs> I have you literally had to you tell her, mom, everything this? is not a business, okay? <laughs> Everything's not a business, mom, okay? She's going to keep pushing you. She's going to keep pushing business. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me mad because it's like, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> good idea. Do it. <laughs> that much work. <laughs> Yeah, right. That's the that's the thing. Yeah, and, uh, it, you know that's that's just the way I relate to all of my family and friends now, right? Mm-hmm. It's like everything good they talk to me about. I'm I'm always listening, and I'm like, oh, you know what? You could probably do a course on that, or you could probably start a business doing that, or you know, just encouraging them. And the relationship with my actor friends, I I, I pulled together a group of actors. And we started doing it just because I wanted to help them and me in our careers, right? So I started two groups. I started one that was more of a mastermind group where we talked about uh, all the different steps, you know, getting their headshots together, getting their resumes together, getting their, you know, these are things I'd already done. And so I wanted to help them, you know, get your social media in line, do this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And in so doing, I've, it gave me an idea for a new business for myself. So, <laughs> so I'm going to start uh, developing, or I've already started developing a course for acting foundations, but it's not about acting. It's about the business of acting and how to, mm-hmm. how to set yourself up for success. People don't teach on that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Kind of throw you out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so the other thing we did was I, I brought us all together so that we could all write short films so that we could all star in our very own film and everybody could be in everybody else's film. Mm-hmm. And, then, you know, you immediately you have a lead role on your resume and you have, you know, four or five other films that you were in. Mm-hmm. And so out of that came a really great short film that I wrote uh, that I'm still working on uh, about a Creole gangster family mob family mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so and i'm gonna be the mob boss <laughs> with a twist with a twist with a twist nice uh, so you know my relationship with everybody else wanting to help them to get mm-hmm. to always wanting always wanting to help them get to the next level has helped me to foster new ideas mm-hmm. and new endeavors and you know and what Brianna has her own business now. Yeah. I mean, that's not a coincidence. It's I'm not. just saying. It's true. Well, I counted it in. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. She did it. Awesome. Um, yeah. I like that idea of like the group you started with the friends helping the yeah. friends. And then you guys have things to put on your resume. Like, that's really dope. I like mm-hmm. that. That's a real good idea. Okay, so we've talked about the good times, but now we've got to talk about the bad times. Have dun, you ever dun. had? Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, have you ever had like an important relationship be tested or challenged as you worked your way, like into a new uh, entrepreneur opportunity, or you wanted to go to some place and? And the people that were around you just weren't down to go with you or something like that. Have you ever had any of those 
kind of testing relationship challenges? <laughs> I haven't. And it no. goes back to that favor of God thing. <laughs> yeah. When I told everybody that I was leaving the University of Houston after 11 years to go to Los Angeles to pursue acting, you would think everybody would be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you are 40-something years old. People just don't do that. No. <laughs> I didn't get any of that. They actually bought me, you know how you can name a star after somebody? Yeah. They named a star after me. <laughs> wow. And, um, you know, I was like, because you're a star. I mean, yeah. you know. <laughs> so and they were just all so supportive. Um, yeah. I think I heard one, one negative thing from somebody and, and somebody else told them, don't you tell her that. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, there you go. And they told me, they were like, I was going to tell you, don't do, but so and so told me, don't you dare let her live her dream. And, you know, Mm -hmm. so I have not, I have not ever had that to happen. And that's only by the grace of God. Of course, there's been lost relationships for other reasons, but not directly related to Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship and pursuing my dream. That's That's actually brought me more friends right right more support and you know and that just goes right along with that building a community and i think everybody's starting to become more in tune with that idea of of community and sticking together and building with each other building with your friends and your family i think that you know people uh, it's it all comes down back to what we were just talking about the mindset and no and you know branching out when you're younger or you know knowing that there's other things out there um because if you get involved with people that have small mindsets then that that can be an issue Mm -hmm. and that's where those those things start to arise is when people can't see themselves outside of a certain situation so they don't want to see you outside of that situation either because they don't see themselves with you and they you know, people start to get selfish when it comes to to dealing with that kind of loss of a relationship and stuff. So, yeah, and that's one of the things I can say that that God has protected me from because mm-hmm. I if if I had people like that in my circle, they just kind of drifted away and I didn't right. notice. And mm-hmm. that was that was straight up God. And I'm mm-hmm. like, He takes care of all of that. I'm- <laughs> mm-hmm. <The> riddance. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. What about you, Marcel? Have you ever had any relationships tested because of your entrepreneurship? Uh, no, not um, not directly related to my entrepreneurship. I mean, uh, you know, I've had a few long-term, uh, you know, relationships. Um, you know, friends of mine that I served with, and mm-hmm. you know, we just kind of had a history together. Um, kind of drift apart because of our different interests, you know, right. like friend, friend of mine that I served in the Coast Guard with had, uh, you know, had a vision of, you know, starting his own, um, I don't know, ranch or something like that. And, uh, you know, he was, he's kind of like a survivalist type. Mm-hmm. And uh, initially I was, you know, you know, I, I was on, I was all for it, you know, and he was, talking about creating a school and but then it got kind of started to get a little bizarre and you know (laughs) 
you know, I'm thinking I, I don't want to, uh, I don't know if y'all remember what I, I know. Uh, Ms. Warner probably remembers the, the Waco. <laughs> oh, yeah. Branch Davidian situation. <laughs> oh, my God. I, those kinds of vibes. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I told him, you know, I, I kind of had my own dreams to, to do uh, other things. And um, so eventually we just kind of drifted apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a more inorganic uh, process rather yeah. than, you know, something that happened abruptly and, uh, and left us with the burned bridges. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but other than that, um, you know, I, I have been very fortunate not to have, um, you know, suffered any relationship losses uh, as a result of this enterprise. Of course, I'm still in the very, very beginning stages of it, but... Um, you know, I, I figure as long as, you know, I keep, um, you know, I keep pursuing, you know, this creative networking and, um, and establishing these really positive relationships and just always being there for others and, you know, helping them advance their vision as well. Um, you know, I, I think that the capacity or the risk is minimized. Uh, in terms of broken relationships. Of course, they're going to be differing views and different, you know, ways of uh, doing business. Um, but, uh, you know, I think as long as, um, you know, I can sort of, you know, keep my, keep what I am focused on in the forefront and and just approach it from a humble posture of learning mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to competitive you know, we were raised in a very competitive culture, right? Mm-hmm. I, I tried to stay away from that kind of thinking. Um, I'm all about, you know, I always say competition or um, collaboration over competition. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And so that's uh, that's kind of how I approach things. And, and so as a result, you know, relationships just come uh, my way and, um, and and they're they're very positive developments overall. I love that point about um, collaboration over competition, because even Mm -hmm. I found myself doing that a Mm -hmm. while ago, like not following other career bloggers or other career (laughs) YouTubers, because I didn't want to give them. And I was like, what am I doing? (laughs) Yeah, there's enough room for all of us to win. And on top of that, I could learn a few things from these people. So why am I even... You know, and I actually ended up making some pretty good connections. There are people who, you know, where I was worried about them being my competition. Mm-hmm. Um, they were looking at me trying to get tips and stuff. And I was just mm-hmm. like, well, okay, well, let's exactly. let's talk. <laughs> let's talk. Exactly. Let's connect. So on that same note, how do you go about choosing who remains in your inner circle? So, Marcel, you want to go first on that? I usually have like a wheel of fortune type of thing, and I just spin the wheel and whoever it looks. <laughs> You're so goofy, <laughs> so goofy. <laughs> just like put their face on the wall and throw a dart, you know? Like, oh. yeah. <laughs> <Keep> that one. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm learning how to um, you know identify you know people who have similar visions and similar uh, outlook on life and, you know, doing business and the interaction, you know, the very meticulous interaction between the two. 
Yeah, you know, uh, people who uh, reach out to me and who support me even during the times where I'm not so motivated, you know, um, you know, the people who will tell you, hey, you know, you're doing a good job and you're, you know, you are, I know you understand you might, you might be in a bad way at this point. You might have a little lack of motivation or uh, you might have some challenges, but hey, I'm here for you and um, keep on going, you know, the people who express belief in my vision are among the, among the most um, valuable uh, assets in terms of, um, or friends, you know, in terms of my friendships and inner circle. Um, yeah. Because they are the people who will, um, you know, be that sort of web to catch you when you fall, to, uh, you know, to help you get back on your feet. So, so yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I don't have any specific methodology, you know, in terms of, you know, people who come my way and, you know, like my illustrators, you know, they have, we, we've been friends for, you know, for a few years now, you know, and we always, yeah, we've always, we always talk with each other in terms of, uh, you know, what our, what our dreams are, what our hopes are and, and all kinds of issues. And, you know, the, I think the more you really get to know people, the more you connect with people, you know, the more, you know, the longer they remain in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, because that connection and that intimacy um, really drives their empathy for you and your, you know, and vice versa. Yeah, so just really getting to know people and, and really producing and working together, working on things together. Yeah. yeah, I agree. There's still things I'm learning about you, Marcel, and I've known <laughs> yeah. you all my life. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Connection is key for sure. Um, So Ms. Warner, same question. How do you go about choosing who remains in your inner circle? I think for me, it's really more of, and I keep saying this because, you know, God is really an integral part of of everything, every aspect of my life. Mm -hmm. And he moves people in and out as he sees fit. For my inner circle, it's, it's really about positivity. That is, that is one of the things that God has put in me is like this insane ability to be positive no matter what. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just had to put that out there. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen you like mad. Oh, wait, no, you got mad at us when we were teenagers. But but other than that, that was it. You know, I I'm, I have a I have a, a sort of an intuition discernment, I guess, from the Holy Spirit is um, when people are not for me, mm-hmm. and He lets me know, He lets me know, and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> bye. <laughs> I just don't. Literally, I just don't continue contacting them. You know, there's there's always this one person who comes into my mind when people ask me questions like this and. I don't know what it was about her. There was just some dark thing. I even had a dream one time that Breon interpreted and it was about her and it was so on point. And I was like, oh yeah, she gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) Once you get that vibe, that's it. You gotta go with it. Yeah, you really do. You really do. So 
you know, people stay in my inner circle, uh, just like Marcel said, you know, they're supportive, they're, you know, they're in line with what God has for me, yeah. uh, with my purpose. And, you know, I'm either there to help them or they're there to help me or we're there to help each other or, you know, mm -hmm. that's what God does. He puts people in my path that, mm -hmm. you know, may need my help with something and I'm, you know, open to that. And, you know, they stay in my inner circle if that's where they're supposed to be. And if not, if, if it's a passing relationship, then, you know, they move on. Um, but I'm always, always open to meeting new people and, you know, friends. And Now, has being Black affected your, your ability or want to build these relationships, either positively or negatively in any way? Has that affected your ability to, or your desire to jump into new relationships and, and network in different ways and talk to different types of people? Has your race played any part in that, either good or bad? When I moved to LA, I had to resolve to be bold, right? So mm -hmm. I never, I don't, I don't even, the only time I think about my race is when I'm submitting myself for a project, mm -hmm. right? But when I'm in a room networking or when I'm on, you know, social media networking, I don't, I don't think about that. When I'm meeting new people, I don't think about that. You know, if they talk to me, I don't care if they're white, black, straight, gay, pink, whatever. It's okay. <laughs> you know, I just meet everybody and I love everybody and right. they find that love or they move on. They're like, oh, she's too chipper. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure some people have said that. So. You know, I do have to bring up that time when I was, I think it was when I was visiting LA or San Diego. Well, one of those. I was visiting and we were at a coffee shop. Yeah, it was in San Diego. And we were at a coffee shop. And remember this late random lady came up to you, Miss Warner, and was like, there's just something about your energy that you know, attracts me to you. <laughs> she was, yeah. was so graceful about it. It's like she was accepting an Emmy. She was like, oh, yes, thank you. Yes, I've been told that. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just so mesmerizing to watch. I had never seen just a random person just come out and say that about anybody. I just... Yeah. And that just speaks to the the law of attraction, the positivity that you have going on that's radiating yeah. around you. You know, um, it just that was amazing to me. I was just like, whoa. I remember that too. I was just telling yeah. somebody else about that. <laughs> I was, like, I was yeah. like, what? I was just sipping on my coffee in there, you know. Like, I, first you of know. all, you California people and your energies. You know, in your, in your spirituality. And your oh my energy. gosh, you're just giving me such energy right now. <laughs> the, thing that, the reason that I remember that so clearly is because I regret that I did not say to her that that's the Holy Spirit. That's why I remember it so clearly. Because that's all it is. That's yeah. all it is. They're drawn to the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, it's the light of Christ, and that's what it is. And I regret. That's why I remember it so well after all these years. Yeah. I regret that I didn't tell her that. And so yeah. now I remember, too. I'm always watching you, Miss Warner, just so you know. Not in a creepy way, but. <laughs> a little bit creepy. I've been acting crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit creepy. 
so Marcel, has being black ever helped or harmed you with keeping your relationships intact? And I think also, I'm wondering also if maybe, you know, because Miss Warner lives in California and we live in Texas, and I wonder if that might also play a part as far as like the different communities, mm-hmm. the different types of people. Uh, you know, I can honestly say I I have not. I have not seen my race be a hindrance, but on a more general level, I do understand that, uh, you know, for black people in particular, um, you know, access to social capital is a challenge. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and so I, you know, going back to how we were raised, you and I were raised, um, you know, being well socialized uh, in a diverse environment, yes, we live in Texas, but we do live in one of the most, uh, if not the most diverse cities in the nation. Mm-hmm. And so I think that in itself, coming up in that environment has had numerous advantages. But, um, you know, there's always that, you know, that general challenge that Black people face, um, you know, uh, in whatever industry, you know, might they might uh, be pursuing. You know, it's building that uh, that social capital, that human capital, across racial lines um you know they're showing that black people's social network are um you know tend to be very concentrated you know in terms of racial makeup and and not as diverse as other people so and, and that's you know and it's through no fault of their own it's, it's the way that we you know have been brought up and um the way we have been socialized over uh, many generations, but um, yeah, so I think our my environment, our environment has really contributed to a net overall positive effect, you know, in terms of uh, having these nice opportunities to interact with different people and, and so that our race does not become an issue uh, in terms of connecting with people. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, the the social capital you mentioned is definitely a struggle and still is a struggle even for people like me because I find that when I feel um, uncomfortable or I feel, what's the word? Like I don't feel qualified around a certain mm. group of people. I tend to mm-hmm. withdraw and kind of revert back to you know, I don't want to say my roots, but kind of revert back to, okay, let me just stay over here with the people who yeah. look like me, who I know, and just play <laughs> it safe, you know. Um, yeah. But we can't do that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not, definitely not a way to build a business, definitely not right. a way to network and, and gather more perspectives. So great point. So we're rounding off the conversation. Last <laughs> question. So let's end with a bang. Any advice that you have to aspiring Black entrepreneurs out there? Marcel, go ahead. Well, I would say learn as much about the industry as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And really be diligent and studious. You know, um, you know I've been to poetry readings, um, where I was maybe one of a couple of black people in attendance. And I 
you know, I, that did not stop me from being, of course I noticed it, but it didn't stop me from interacting with people in attendance, interacting with the poets and getting to know their stories. And, um, you know, you'll really notice that um, it, it becomes easier, you know, the more curious you are, the more, you, the more steps you take to fulfill that curiosity, genuine curiosity. So, so that's pretty much the advice I would give to, uh, and, you know, of course, I, I've been in business, you know, a couple of minutes, but I think, uh, you know, I'm, I am poised to, um, you know, to really offer uh, a realistic sort of uh, conception, right, of where I'm at right now and where other people might be at this point as well. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, you know, so starting off, you know, just just remain curious and just be in an and be humble and be willing to be corrected and um, and help other help other, uh, you know, minority entrepreneurs as well, you know, who, who might seek you out, offer a helping hand and uh, share your curiosity with them, you know, and, you know, they might their world might be a little narrower than yours. You know, so in terms of, you know, what they have seen and what they so just offer to expose them to different realms, you know, you know, and hopefully they can carry on that trend as well. And, and so we can all in the end um, become more integrated and, in, uh, you know, in, into this beautiful tapestry of uh, support and, um, you know, and everything like that. So. I just have to um, say something and I'm sticking my tongue out at my mom because I used to get in trouble for being so curious because I would always say, why, why, well, how come, why, why? And I would get in trouble all the time. And now my curiosity has helped me in my job and in life. So, mm. well, you're probably annoying. So. But I'm annoying and I get paid well. <laughs> so, Miss Warner, do you have any final advice that you'd like to share with all the aspiring entrepreneurs out there? Um, just do it. Go ahead and do it. Mm. Um, I had a friend of mine who wanted to start a, a T-shirt company. And she kept talking about it and talking about it. And she kept talking about, well, I don't have the money to do this one thing that was way in the future. I said, but what steps have you taken? I said, take every step you can take until you hit that wall. Mm -hmm. Just go, just mm -hmm. go. Don't, don't think about it too hard. You know, of course you want to plan, mm -hmm. but take every step that you can until you hit a wall. And then you do some more research and you figure out how to knock that wall down and you do every step until you reach the next wall. Yeah. Don't think yourself out of it. Yeah. And I the other that. thing is, yeah, take advantage, research and take advantage of everything that's out there to help entrepreneurs, small business administration. There are grants, there are workshops there are there's everything out there there's so much out there that black people tend not to to know about or to take advantage of or to avail themselves of mm -hmm. and i want us to be better advocates for ourselves in that way 
yeah and find those things all great points um i know you were talking to me about the small business administration before we started recording today and it's one of those things where i knew it was there but i didn't know how much they offered right you know so like you said it's just one of those things where you have to put in the effort you have to put in the work Mm -hmm. having a business is work um, mm-hmm. And you have to put in that, you know, those t- that time in order to figure out what works best for you in your yeah. business. So great advice, guys. Y'all have inspired me and stuff. No, this is so great. <sighs> I'm the wow. only one who doesn't have an official business yet on this call, but I'm getting there. You're on your way. I'm getting well, there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> great great answers great discussion guys thank you so much for being here miss warner marcel thank you so much um so just to give you guys some insight on what's coming up in this series um we have three more themes that we'll be discussing um one will be black generational wealth which should be very interesting Mm-hmm. Um, we'll also be talking about black parenting. This will be featuring our co-host Brian yeah, as one of the, <laughs> it's, it's already featured. featuring you, but you're like double featured. Okay. I'm super featured. Super actually. featured. I'm, I'm uh, what do they call it? Headlining. <laughs> I'm headlining this episode. <laughs> um, and then the last thing we'll talk about will be black culture and creativity. So be sure to, Follow us, subscribe, everything. You won't want to miss what we got coming up. It's yeah. going to be a, a a black end to 2020, and I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Miss <laughs> um, Warner, where can people find you? What What are your social handles? What What's going on there? Yeah, um, Instagram and Twitter, Sophia Flot, F-L-O-T-W, Sophia Flot, W. Uh, Facebook is my full name, Sophia Blot Warner, and so is my uh, my web website. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me out there. You can find me on SoundCloud. Just search for my name. You can Google me. Where can we buy stuff from you? Any place we can go and buy yeah. products from you? Yeah, Marcel, you and I have a lot in common because I just uh, published a poetry book myself. Uh, and um, I have four other books as well on all on Amazon, all available on Amazon. Again, just search for my name, and you'll also find if you have an Audible account, you'll find three audio books that I've narrated uh, available on Audible. So, yeah. And uh, what else I got? <laughs> t-shirts, right? You selling shirts too? I'm selling t-shirts, but uh, you can look for Creole Doodles. They're kind of. I only have one. Um, one t-shirt which is kind of outdated now because it was uh, like uh, get rid of trump <laughs> uh, yeah it'll be after the election now so <laughs> yeah so uh, hopefully we won't need it anymore <laughs> yeah hopefully hopefully <laughs> so we'll hold on we'll hold off on that one but i am i got some other ideas later yeah but yeah okay. amazon audible and uh google and in Sweet. case you're wondering, if you find the light-skinned lady with the big hair, you're in the right place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's her. That's Miss Warner right there. <laughs> uh, Marcel, where can people follow you, find your work, all of well, that? Well, uh, the easiest way to uh, follow me is to go to my website, 
www.marcelwormsley.com. That's M-A-R-C-E-L-W-O-R-M-S-L-E-Y, one word, dot com. Uh, there you'll find, uh, basically it's an author type of website uh, where you'll find a little bit more about me and what I do. And um, you'll find the social media links as well to my Facebook author page, Instagram, uh, and LinkedIn. LinkedIn is nearing the state of being defunct. Very active on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Mm -hmm. And to my blog, Poor Man's Wordsworth, um, if you just scroll to the bottom of the website, you'll uh, see different articles that I wrote for my little blog. And um, and you'll see a link to my book as well, In Search of Moonlit Crevices, um, which is available on Amazon um, and Barnes and & Noble and a bunch of other little websites, uh, book-selling websites. Uh, also, look up uh, Dawnbreaker Press. I got to give a shout out to my publisher. Um, you know, and I really appreciate them for everything, all the opportunities that they've um, created through this, uh, this wonderful collaboration. So Dawnbreaker Press, Galveston, Texas, uh, also look them up. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, if you're on Meetup in your Houston area and you are interested in classical music, I'm your man. Uh, oh. Houston. Uh, it's growing by leaps and bounds, like 15, 1,600 people. Yeah, so I, I run a classical music meetup group. Of course, we're doing virtual concerts and recitals now. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, so look me up on there as well. And, um, yeah, hope to uh, get in touch with some of you. Yeah, Marcel is very modest about his ability to connect and build a community. Um, his blog, he started years after mine and mm -hmm. has exponentially grown. A lot of people love poetry. <laughs> um, yeah. So has exponentially grown and his meetup group as well has just grown out of nowhere. I didn't realize that many people <laughs> were going to but, join this meetup group and they right. did. So that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Marcel is very big on his community and taking care of everybody, making sure everyone feels respected. So check That's him wonderful out. check him out and so now <laughs> back to us <laughs> right of course you can follow us so um. <laughs> follow us at dear me podcast again we have some really exciting things coming up so you won't want to miss it we are on instagram and twitter um in the bio you will also find our personal social media handles yeah. um so follow me and brian check us out yeah and anything else you want to end with brian <laughs> Anything? No, I have nothing. Nothing? Just... Nothing? God. Breon Warner Music. Come on, they know that already. Follow her music page. You know <laughs> they, what? Y'all gonna learn more. That's the only page. Y'all gonna learn more. Well, they gonna that's learn the, more about you. That's the one. Can y'all, okay, can y'all just <laughs> stop attacking me, please? <laughs> I'm just surprised you have nothing to end with, because you are. What am I gonna end with? Um, Stay safe out there. Don't get attacked by nazis okay um sadly that's a real thing look if the civil war is upon us on the fourth bless you all i don't know stay away from my house <laughs> and on that note we will be ending this episode talk to you guys in the next one bye bye, bye.